Welcome to episode two of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and this is about feeling all alone in the world. There's no believers around. It feels like there's no one left. This is apostasy that we're experiencing in the world, and maybe in your area. Apostasy is a hard, hard thing. For anyone who is righteous, seeing loved ones succumb to the sway of a false doctrine or when they follow a false teacher, it is a torture to the soul and an agony to the mind and a hardship on the soul, too. When I see, for example, a Blackaby book on a pastor's desk, I worry. I hear a woman refuse to acknowledge Joyce Meyer is a false teacher because she preaches straight from the Bible, they say, and I mourn. I see a woman wear, you know, a walk to Emmaus t-shirt and I fear for her. Encountering these things in my daily life is grieving. It's not to say that these people or any person who reads a book or accepts a teacher or participates in a retreat is an apostate, no. I participated in both the Experiencing God study by Henry Blackaby and a Beth Moore Living Proof Weekend and a DVD Beth Moore Retreat. But doing so alerted me to the falseness of their teachings. It gave me a close-up view of what it was that troubled my soul so much. That's what false teaching does. It either grieves the soul and alerts one to its falsity, or it entrenches one deeper into their lack of discernment. I worry because I know when someone doesn't or won't see the falseness of a particular doctrine or teacher, The false teacher or doctrine has successfully taken root into their mind. Satan won't let that go. Unless they refute it and repent, it will grow like gangrene. That is the way of things, says 2 Timothy 2.17 and Acts 14.2. It feels sometimes like there are hardly any people with discernment left. It feels like so many friends and family are falling away. I know from your emails and blog comments that many of you are in locations where there literally are no good churches or have to be where false teaching abounds. Doesn't it feel like we're the only ones sometimes? Well, here is where we praise the gracious Lord for his examples for us in Scripture. We are not alone. Elijah thought he was alone. Jeremiah was tortured by the apostasy around him in his lifetime, and judgment came. Noah preached 120 years and only had seven converts. Isaiah was told to prophesy till there was literally no one left. And here is 1 Kings 19, 9-10. And verse 18, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, 
and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. God assured him, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. Well, Jeremiah 4.19 says, My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart, my heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent, for I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Genesis 6, 5 to 6 and verse 9 says, The Lord saw that wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Isaiah 6.11 says, Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. Now there's a difficult calling, right? In the New Testament, Imagine there being no, quote, like church down the road, unquote, that you could switch to when apostasy is so rampant in your church, you feel you need to leave. The Corinthians were having chaotic services, drunken Lord suppers, and immorality and sexual impurity were a problem. But that was the only church. Can you imagine how the few pure and holy Corinthians felt? I've seen massive defection from the faith since 2008. I've seen a horrific decline in discernment since then too. The rise in apostasy to my mind, and according to how I interpret 2 Thessalonians 2.3, is that the time is near when the rapture will occur. At the very least, we're one day closer. The defections of millions from the faith and the tsunami of apostasy in even evangelical denominations shows this, in my opinion. The curtain on this age is coming down and fast. Each of the prophets I mentioned above walked closely with God. Even in times of terrible apostasy, when they were literally the only ones in their sphere left who were faithful. They were human, to be sure. Elijah suffered a bout of depression. Jeremiah was tearful and mourning much of the time. The key is, they clung to God. Remember Genesis 6-9, Noah walked with God. Take encouragement. The Lord Jesus is near to us. At the time of his incarnation, there were few faithful ones. His religion had turned to a mockery. People rejected his words while clamoring for his miracles. They wanted his stuff, but not him for himself. He knew apostasy. He knows the pain we feel when people reject our precious Jesus and go astray. 
Don't give up the fight. Why? Because Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And Hebrews 5.2 says, He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. Pray for those who are ignorant and going astray. Pray for yourself in your weariness and sadness. Jesus is with us. It is good. And Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.